Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking Fox, the show where we talk about Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox one minute at a time, previously known as Fantastic Minute, but I'm sticking to this Talking Fox thing just because it makes me giggle. I'm Condra Boudreau. What am I supposed to say? Oh, I'm Tyler Boudreau. Uh, here to talk about Minute 65 of Fantastic Mr. Fox, which begins with a fire hose squirting, and it ends with a motorcycle driving. And Condra, we've got a guest. Huzzah! Uh, you know him, you love him from Independence Day Minute and Roughnecks Minute, which is Starship Troopers. We have Johan Joseph. Johan, welcome. Hi. Thank you for inviting me on. I like love this movie a lot. Well, that's what we like to hear. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the place to start is uh, you say you love this movie. What's your history with it? Thoughts on it as a whole before we dive into this specific minute. So I didn't know about this movie coming in a theater. I only watched it when it was released on DVD. And I watched it with my nephew. And so he, like, we thought it was like a kid's movie, you know, because of the way it was done. But we, like, ended up just all loving this movie. That's so wonderful to hear. Yeah, that's a common thing. How old was your nephew? Uh, shoot. I think he was like five or six at the time. Because he's only 11 now, so it's not that long ago. This movie's been out for 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Has it been 10 years? Yeah. Really? We're celebrating yeah. 10 years well, in October. Yep. Wow. This movie aged fantastically. <laughs> hey, I see what you did there. <laughs> so, so yeah. Can you repeat that point? You, so you, you didn't think it really fit well for that kind of five to six year old demographic? No, we thought it did because uh, especially the part where he says like, uh, are you cursing at me? Like <laughs> instead of using like uh, some sort of derogatory or like, you know, you're stupid because, uh, you know, it's like a PG-13 type thing. Instead of just replacing all of the negative words with, are you cursing at me? Just made it even better when you're trying to introduce it to a kid because in his head, he may replace it with like dummy or doo-doo or something like that. But with <laughs> us, we're actually using real curse words. So it it kind of uh, helped out when you're, when you're with different age groups. You know, you don't have to be frightened of what's going to be said on the screen especially with a young kid but he did get scared when they were snarling at each other <laughs> yeah i'm i'm glad yeah that's been, kind of been a common theme of like the accessibility for all ages but you said you didn't you enjoyed it too johan oh i absolutely enjoyed it uh visually uh music uh the entire story i didn't know it was based on a book so everything about this was new to me plus especially a wes anderson that was um, basically animated in some sort of way. Plus, it's stop motion, which I love. So, yeah, totally. Uh, I, I love the works of uh, Ray Harryhausen. Mm-hmm. So, when you see another movie, a modern movie with with stop motion, it just makes you think, like, wow, like that guy was a huge pioneer. And if it's not him, we wouldn't have movies like this. So, it it was just everything about this movie was just great. Music was great. Uh, visuals were great. Characters were great. Just everything about this movie was was so beautiful. That's that's what we like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say if you didn't like it, though, we wouldn't still have yeah. to enjoy yeah. you on here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I know too many people that... I don't think I know a person that didn't like this movie, actually. I find it funny. So, I, there's a lot of people that just haven't seen it because they don't really like Wes Anderson. Yeah. And so... But I always try to tell them, like, if you're going to watch any Wes Anderson movie, like, even if you don't like his style, just watch this one because it's so good. And, like, it's short. You're, it's not it's not too too complex or too, like, over the top. Like, it's just a it's a s- simple story that 
I think anyone can enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't feel like a regular Wes Anderson film. I think that's what kind of caught me by surprise because we just popped it in. I didn't read like the the DVD thing or the DVD at all. And then just all of a sudden like Wes Anderson's just like, what? So I think that's that's great. Some people don't like the humor of Wes Anderson films. Like they feel it's it. Sometimes the humor isn't quotable. The the humor is not quotable. You, you need the entire, uh, like, the scene and what's going on to make that joke work. And I think that's why a lot of people don't find Wes Anderson films as funny. You know, because it's not like a line. It's not like a memorable uh, visual gag. It's like you need everything in there. That's a good point. I never thought about it like that. Okay, let's let's dive into the uh, the minute. We're talking minute 65. We got, we got you right in the middle of kind of the climax excitement. Well, not yeah. not quite the climax, climax, but kind of the still the rising action, I suppose. Uh, we got the firefighters running down the street. Uh, my question was, uh, where are those firefighters going? Seems like there's plenty of fires they could be putting out. Yeah, it looks like they're just trying to get the base of all the flames. Like maybe they're trying to aim for all the cardboard. Like the the stuff could easily go up. But they're also on the forefront, so who knows what they're putting out? Because we don't get to see that. All we get is the actual beautiful background. That billowing smoke, like, you know that's just cotton. Yeah. And just how they use that cotton is amazing. So, I like it. There's a there's a really good instance later in the minute that we can get into, I think. Condor, did you have something? It's interesting, too, because we've talked about water effects in this movie a bunch of times. And the water from the hose in this minute is also cotton. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Using the same material, but making it look so different. Like, these animators are truly incredible for this, like, little thing here. Um, uh, I didn't do as much research as I probably should have, but aren't these... Isn't this the same animation studio that did Box Trolls? I have no idea. I think I think Wes Anderson is different from the, uh, like, the, the Paranorman, the Box Trolls animators. I, I don't think they overlap. There, I'm, I'm sure there are animators that did both, but the studios, I don't know if don't like they really line up like that. Okay, I'm I'm just going to have to look it up. Uh, Lakia <laughs> did Box Trolls. I've n- I don't know that production company. Yeah, I know Paranorman and... I, I want to say Paranorman and Box Trolls were done by the people... Or more of the people who did Coraline, which was also being produced at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, Although I don't 100% know that because I'm not an expert on either of those movies. Um, hmm. Yeah, Paranorman and Bro- Box Trolls were both done by Lakia Films. Okay, so who did Fantastic Mr. Fox? Indian Paintbrush. Um, yeah, I don't know. If, I think when Wes Anderson does it, I think it's just a kind of a him thing. And he, he'll he'll hire some animators but it's not like studio it's not like a studio film because wes anderson's more of an independent filmmaker i think yeah okay it's definitely not in the same vein as like wallace and gromit who are all done by dreamworks now kind of thing it's it is different from them too but yeah we that's weird we never we we talked about Coraline once before but we never kind of talked about those later films and i think the difference between like Coraline, Fantastic Mr. Fox versus Paranorman and Box Trolls. Uh, those later two use CG a lot more, but they do it in a way that looks much more stop motion. And I think the other idea is 
Fantastic Mr. Fox is obviously stylized, but it's a, in a very kind of naturalistic way, and your kind of Coralines and Paranormans and Box Trolls are a little bit more exaggerated, not naturalistic looking, still in a way that looks great in animation. That's like, that's what animation is for, is kind of using these exaggerated figures to make cool characters. But I think, yeah, there is a difference in d- design. Okay. Um, I looked online uh, real quick. Uh, apparently the the animation studio is called McKinnon and Saunders, and they did uh, Frankenweenie. That makes sense. And Corpse Ride. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll see. I see that. Okay, let's keep mo- moving on with the minute. Uh, after the firemen run by, we kind of the pan the panning kind of stops, and Bogus Bunsen being run forward, and they're all on fire trying to put themselves out, but they're not stop dropping and rolling. Did they never learn? Yeah. <laughs> stop, drop, and roll. Yeah. It, it's one of those like you see it all the time when panic sets in. Like, have you seen that new gift that's kind of floating around with the guy? The skateboarder tries to go down the boulder with his pants on fire. And then the fire just goes crazy, and then he doesn't stop, drop, and roll. He starts running around trying to take the pants off. What? Yeah. No. Yeah, it's it's a it's like this video that's going around a skateboarder trying to do it. But yeah, I think it's just one of those like instinct uh, sets in and instinct fails you. <laughs> What's like that video of like the guy trying to like pour gasoline on a fire, but then he like misses and it just blows up and like yeah he like starts running away. Yeah, pretty much. So, okay, uh, I I just have a bunch of like things that I noticed and wrote down because there's just a lot of stuff happening in this minute. But did you guys see the guy in the background when Boggs and Bunsen Bean are on fire and there's just a guy like behind the alley, just like way in the background? Oh, the one that's like yelling down the stairwell. Like it looks like he's trying to draw some attention over there. Like, hey, something's going on or something like that. It's like a, a second eight. Like, right above the sign, it says Deutronic Detective. I think it's just to add something going on in the background as well as the foreground. Yeah, and that's a classic Wes Anderson. Yeah. And I also looked up that McKinnon and Saunders, they also worked on Paranorman. So I think that's where I was trying to, like, I had that correlation of the way the artwork was done. All right. I believe you. Thank you. So. (laughs) I'm learning something new now. I now I'm even more inspired to go watch Paranorman. I haven't. Even, I haven't even watched those. I movies. haven't either. <laughs> really, Paranorman is fantastic. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I I thought it was just kill time type of movie, but I ended up just enjoying it from start to finish. Yeah, I've read some of the book. There was a novelization that came out afterwards, and I've read some of that, but I've never seen the movie. <laughs> it's definitely worth uh, the watch. All right. Okay, and then. So we cut away from the chaos in the town and we uh, get Mole, who's kind of running this whole operation. He's he the says, guy uh, in the chair. <laughs> yes, if we're quoting Spider-Man Homecoming, he's the guy in the chair. <laughs> and he says something like, 28 targets fired, 22 targets hit. 28 pine cones fired, 22 targets Yeah, hit. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, those are and the exact words. I love the little touch of the suspenders or piano keys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So we, we love Phil the Mole. We've been speculating about his background story a yeah. lot. <laughs> so when she's starting to put this map on, there's something I noticed about the way this movie was done with how the pacing is done. So she's putting the flags up, but the flags are done incredibly fast compared to everything else she's done. Do you notice that? It's like anything that's kind of like a mundane task, they speed up incredibly. Yeah, it's kind of like when you're watching an old Western and they start fighting and it's like... 
sped up for some reason and you're like what what how's it going on what but yeah. I definitely did notice that her hand is moving really fast and that's something you can kind of do in stop motion where it's just like boom 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 yeah but I just like the way it's done because it's just anytime it's a mundane thing that doesn't matter but you need to establish it they always speed it up <laughs> like Mr. Fox eating at the beginning of the movie yeah uh, my question is uh, how do they know what's going on I'm, that's, this is what I'm confused oh, about oh I think I have an answer so all those tin cans that are above him are all that are all above fill the mole. There's four or he's got one in his hand and then there's three more. They're all labeled. I can read three of the four cans labels. <laughs> so one of them says control, which is his desk. There's um, because he's the, he picks up that one later to talk to rabbit before um, going out. There's um, field yep. data, which is the one he's holding, finding out what's going on. And then there's command. So presumably these tin cans are all connected to people at different points that can either send him information or he can send out information. But that's like the central hub that all these tin can and strings like connect to all these different spots. But to this point, everyone's still in the in the manhole sewer. No one has gone out. But I think where the mural is is further away than the hole opening. Yes, I know, but how does how does anyone know what targets have been hit? Could there be someone up top? Hmm. Is there an inside man? I think I think it's kind of an assumption where maybe they're they're kind of going in a sweep pattern. I don't know. It's like at a certain phase they attack these buildings, next phase they attack these buildings or something like that. It might be just an assumption of where she's putting the targets at. So like maybe like phase phase one we attack these three buildings. So she puts up like the 28 targets or whatever so it's like okay a lot of damage has been done there i don't know it's a theory she also doesn't put up 22 flags no so i think they're just like roundabout speculation in a lot of way yeah i think it's just movie shorthand for like we don't need to think about who like who knows what's going on we just as long as as long as the audience knows the characters know it is it's an example of that i think yeah um okay so then we cut again I, I'm trying to speed us through because there's a lot of stuff that happens in this m- minute. Uh, we cut again to uh, Bean's kind of kitchen where his son is watching the television broadcast. And we see... Oh, d- did I skip? You s- yeah, you skipped the decoy. You skipped decoy phase. Okay. So that comes later. But first, Mole says, uh, like, start the decoy phase. And then Rabbit, like, does a little prayer to himself. Did anyone hear what he said? Yeah, Domino Santi. It's a basically Latin, like kind of like a, like a God bless me type of thing. So yeah, it's a Catholic thing. So yeah, yeah. That that's what I assumed. I just didn't hear the specific <laughs> word. So thank you very much. Yeah, I'm born Roman Catholic, so I'm very familiar with that phrase. <laughs> okay, Condra, you look like you're about to say something weird. Well, yes, and I'm trying to decide <laughs> if I want to say it or not. <laughs> say it. We can always edit it out. Okay. Well, to, it, so his little prayer made me think of two things. Thing number one, it made me think of... Um, Boondock, Boondock Saints. Saints. Is that what you're going yep. for? Boondock yeah. Saints. The beginning pra- of the prayer of Boondock Saints, which is the only reason I knew what he was saying. And then number two, it makes a lot of sense that Rabbit is saying those things based on who's voicing him. Um, Mario Bertelli, who is a Roman Catholic. So uh, an Italian Roman Catholic, too. So it's like one of those things that like... 
kind of makes sense that he would say the little prayer before going. Um, I mean, didn't stop Mario from doing some other things in life, but you know, yeah, hindsight. That is on. Yeah, you're right. I totally forgot that that was in the 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 family prayer of the Boondock Saints, but it's Domini Patri Ifini Spirito Santi, which is totally Latin. Yes. Johan, I don't know if you know this, but Condra and I both studied classics, so we, we, we know a lot of Latin. Uh, we don't know a lot oh, okay. of, like, church-related Latin. Oh, so, okay. like, it, the, the con, the con, oh, it's dark in this room now. <laughs> uh, for the listener at home, uh, we're having a Skype session, and uh, the, room, the room I'm in just became dark as the lights t- decided to turn off automatically. And now I, yep, I yep, appear to be yep. telling a spooky story in this <laughs> Skype conversation. <laughs> Do you have to wave your hands about to get the lighting? I think if I oh, sometimes there it okay, goes. Sometimes <laughs> waving your hands works. Sometimes it doesn't. It, it just worked. So, uh, uh, what were we talking about? Saints. Latin. Yeah. And then the decoy phase happens, and a bunch of other critters run out of the manhole and start like making funny noises and throwing things, and it's very funny. Yeah. It's rabbit, badger, weasel, beaver, and then rickety. And we were trying to figure out if weasel did go above ground when he got his um, bandit hat a few, week- a few weeks ago, and he does. Yeah. Confirmation that he did. All right. For a fun activity, we're going to spend five seconds all making funny uh, attack noises. Ready? <laughs> Three, two, one. I figure that there's this, like, long drawn on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think little Rickety with his little slingshot is the cutest thing. And I just, his inclusion was so not necessary for this shot, but also the greatest thing. Yeah, because like the camera kind of pans down to like make sure it gets him, which is so, (laughs) it's kind of adorable. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, because (laughs) I should. So yeah, for for context, we're we're all watching this on the TV that Bean's son is watching. Yeah. which hold on a second. How do they claimate that? How how are, how are we watching a thing within a thing? I've never I haven't thought about this before because we've had the TV before. Is it is it superimposed or is it? It's superimposed. Ty. Okay. Yeah, it has okay. to be green screen because there's a part where uh, moles giving commands and their TV reporters also moving at the same time because that would be incredibly yeah. hard to put a feed to time with the movement of the what's it called the model if they did that'd be incredible but i don't think so so yeah bean's son is watching this on the tv and the thing i noticed is that we're listening to the music the kind of the bogus bunsen bean little theme which Condra, i need you to say the name of the track on the soundtrack so we can move on uh that track is great harrowsford square and that encompasses the music before like the little instrumental beforehand and then the bogus bunsen bean amplified thing Okay, so yes, we're listening to that, the Great Harrisford Square song, which is that the, the children's choir singing Bogus Bunsen Bean. But when we cut to Bean's son watching it on the TV, that song is playing in the TV. We can hear the little grainy TV speaker playing that song, which means that song is playing in the live broadcast. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, I, I did notice that, and I know what you're saying. I think maybe the animals are playing it in the, or somebody's playing it in that square. And that's the only place where it's being played. And that's why the sun hears it like all grainy on TVs because it's being broadcasted in that square. That would be my guess. But space wizards, you know. Oh, yeah. You guys don't have that. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm sorry, we talk about that in our shows because we always have space theme minutes and we can't explain something space wizards. <laughs> no, we are a hundred percent on Earth, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that happens in this movie is real. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Fox has a miniature motorcycle that's an exact model of a big people one. Oh my I god, know. we're gonna get to this. That, that, okay. that thing was adorable. <laughs> we're gonna get to this. But I wanna I wanna Okay, I wanna get there first. Okay. Dad's what was on I, fire. What was I saying? Oh yeah. Uh, the sun says dad's on fire. I was I was just gonna say great sound design on the uh the mixing of the uh the song between like the real thing and then into in the TV. That's the kind of sound design joke that uh is amazing and should get sound designers a lot more credit than it does. Yeah. Um yes, Dad's on fire is what Bean Sun says. That that's like a mediocre joke. <laughs> I like that he's just enjoying like his chocolate cake and 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 milk. While everything's going to hell outside of it, the the house. That's a much better joke. <laughs> I, I I really love that. It's just like yeah, that's like me, just like chocolate all over my face at all times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can confirm. Yeah. <laughs> then we cut back into the sewer, and we're talking. To, and Fox is just about ready to go out, and he says to Felicity, "Like, I'm gonna get him. I'll bring him back." And Felicity's like, "Yeah, you will." And right, am I getting this right? I don't. I didn't write down roughly. The exact lines. You're close enough. And then it's kind of funny because there's kind of this like emotional beat of like Felicity like affirming Mr. Fox, and then we zoom in on her, and she says contact and connects two wires and causes a big explosion to go off of. And yeah, we can just talk about the sequence real quick. Any thoughts on explosions? Like the billowing smoke that comes out. Yeah, I, I guess we alluded to it earlier, but like, yeah, the smoke that occurs or the music cue that starts when Fox and Kylie run out. The return of Legrand Coral. Yep. I love the spark in her eyes as she is setting off an explosion. Like, <laughs> yeah. that is the dream that if I ever get to make something explode, like, that is the look <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever get to make something explode. You know, like a firework. You're going to yell out, contact. <laughs> and then just merge two wires together and, like, let my husband run through smoke. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a fun moment for Felicity because Felicity is usually this kind of this reserved character. And for her to get kind of a, a fun moment of, like, outburst is is neat. Still still a violent outburst. Her All of her outbursts seem to be pretty violent. Oh, yeah, but that's what makes her great is she's Felicity. She's like perfect person and then every once in a while boom she's literally in this case yeah what i like about her is that she's like a great mom but at the same time when when push comes to shove she became like a badass because she needed to be i kind of that's what i kind of see in this one and that's why i kind of like it yeah and that's meryl streep for you of course um so yeah they run out of the smoke it's an awesome effect uh with the animals running out of the smoke the cotton is amazing it's maybe one of the better shots in the movie especially with the music cue of the the Le grand chorale too absolutely amazing breathtaking shot but what i want to talk about is they run to a motorcycle and then they run behind the motorcycle and start up a little a, a tiny smaller motorcycle and sidecar which they then start to drive away what what is this? Why? How? Who came up with this? Why is this the greatest thing in my life? I, I don't know, but it's amazing. 
It's a beautiful gag. It's so beautiful. Because like when you see that motorcycle, you're like, okay, how are they going to drive this motorcycle? And then it's like, oh, there's a conveniently placed miniature motorcycle that's their size right behind it. It's a great gag. It continues the question of who the heck makes all of their electronics. Because we've had the radio slash Walkman. We've had Weasel's pager slash cell phone. And now we've got a mini motorcycle. Like... Clearly, there's a market here that is being fulfilled, and it's just incredible, the technology. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, this is beyond small motors right about here. These are like small, small motors. So you're right, who built the motor to make it simulate exactly the same as a, another motorcycle that's probably like three times its size? It's like an RC, kind of like Toy Story, like the little remote-controlled... Um, car from toy story but not remote controlled and like i could believe it if it was like someone with a remote control but like no they're they're making me want to believe that this is a real honest and true motorcycle yeah because it has an engine because you can hear when they rev it up there's a bit of exhaust that comes out so it's powered by petrol like or something (laughs) like it has it's a combustible engine so i don't know but I kind of want one for my dog. <laughs> <laughs> I I have seen a a dog in a sidecar before wearing oh, yeah. sunglasses. That might have been the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> um. Okay, we should start wrapping well, up. Hold on. Just the you see the license plate of the motorcycle in the minute too, and it says me or some sort of identification tag on the back of the motorcycle. It's not necessarily a conventional license plate. But it says M-E and then underneath it 9188. And it's like, was it really crap? It's like one of those like his, hers cars that you see in like commercials and stuff or like my car, cheesy license plates. So is the big motorcycle you? I I don't know. Or could it be mine? Because for a little one, you need a littler possessive word like me. (laughs) And then there's an even smaller one that's I. I don't know. I would just like to say that the M might be motorcycle, but I don't know. (laughs) Like maybe they have a capital C for a car and then a B for a bus and a T for a truck. Who knows? (laughs) Okay. Johan, is there anything else you would like to say about this minute or this film as a whole? I'm really glad you guys invited me for this one because I love this this, uh, movie. And when you gave me this minute, the first thing I turned on like to start is the music. Like, it already almost makes you smile, like, because the music already hits you, and it's so good. And then visually, because everything's moving around, it's not anxiety-building suspense. It's kind of like this beautiful unfolding of stuff going on that's not necessarily action-packed. So, I liked it. This movie just delivers every time. So, it just makes it seem like you can just watch a minute and kind of enjoy the movie already. Yeah, it's fun. It, it's That's, I think what you're describing is you turn it on and you're immediately having fun yeah condor is there anything else you want to say um thank you johan for joining us oh you're welcome yes where can people find you so you guys can find me currently we uh me alex and matt we are currently doing uh independence day minute which is about the 1996 uh blockbuster hit independence day and then matt and i we did uh roughneck minute which was the Starship Troopers film, which was so good. I love that movie. So good. Yeah. Um, the only good fox is a dead fox. <laughs> <laughs>
not these foxes. I kind of want them to stay. But a good or the only good bug is a dead bug for sure. <laughs> and we we only, okay. People have asked. We're only doing the first Starship Troopers. We are not visiting the others. <laughs> I've never seen the others. I want to see them like as a joke, but I I, I haven't gotten the courage. Up We've to yet. seen them. We've seen them. We're not going to cover them like ever. They're so bad. Especially the second one. I, I know as a trivia fact that they were written by the same person. Writer, um, yeah, he wrote all of them. But this, the second one, it was a complete departure, different studio, everything like that. Different director, yeah. and it was a prequel. Ooh. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So bad. <laughs> I'm going to call off this talk. Uh, Condra, let's talk about where people can follow us. And then we'll wrap it up. If people are interested, they can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. They can find Tyler on the Twitter at Tyler Booty. That's at T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. Email us at AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Like and subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a rating. That would help any, like more than three people listen to this podcast. Hey, we have like and 11. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Join us next time for Minute 66, uh, The Devil's Minute. Ooh. Uh, I, I think we have another guest lined up for next week. So, uh, yeah, uh, until then, uh, I've been Tyler Boudreaux. I've been Condra. And I've been Johan. And we hope you have a fantastic day. Fantastic.